Hello, and welcome to Cross Point Church's podcast. We are here to reveal God in everyday ways that help people like you. Whether you are a Christian or not, we believe that God is not far from any one of us, and He wants to be found. You don't have to look a certain way or have it all together to become one of us. We don't have it all together either. But we do have hope in the one who does. Jesus loved everyone, no matter who they were or what they had done. We want to be just like that. If you want to connect with us, just stay after the message. We'll tell you how. Welcome. So good to see you all and be with you. Uh, Raise your hand if you were on the youth mission trip this last week. What? What? Got a few. Everybody, guys, they got back late last night. Worked crazy hard this week. Oh, no, I thought you were going to stand up and like bow or something. Good thing today's on Pride. That's good. That's good. Man, thanks for being here, you four. I know some of them had to work and everything, but uh, yeah, we're going to hear more about that next week. It was an incredible mission trip from what I hear, and uh, for those that went on, I got to FaceTime in with them for a little bit. That was fun, um, but Jason's going to do kind of a big full recap next week. So This week, uh, we are talking more about judgment. Woo! Fantastic! And uh, I never got to risk... Phil, where's Phil? You always like rag on me, but like... I don't feel bad about it, so um, you can have Jonah in like eight years when it comes up again. Maybe. <clears throat> Today we're going to be in Chronicles 36. You can turn there if you'd like to, uh, to follow along, or you can listen as I read it here in a little while. Before I get to that, I want to read some Proverbs for you. This is Proverbs 16.5. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured, he will not go unpunished. Proverbs 16, 12, it is an abomination to kings to do evil, for the throne is established by righteousness. And then later in Proverbs 16, verses 18 through 19, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. We're going to say some intense, true things today, so I want you to get ready. And it says it in that first verse, right? Everyone who is arrogant is an abomination to the Lord. The Lord hates pride. That's the main point of today. If you're writing down or just verbally kind of storing it in your mind, God hates, he hates a proud heart, but he readily embraces a humble heart. God hates a proud heart, but readily embraces a humble heart. All right. 586B, I'm moving closer. I feel like I need to like emphasize the point and move closer to you. At some point, I'm going to continue to be like holding your baby right there. 586 BC, the northern kingdom of Israel was long since destroyed, taken over by the Assyrians 150 years prior. And now in 586 enters Zedekiah, and he, in 2 Chronicles 36, is the fourth king in a row that we see in the first ten verses. That's how bad and evil the first three kings were before him. And to be sure, many kings before that were evil too. But the three kings before Zedekiah only get ten verses because they're evil. So God sends uh, another nation's ruler to capture them or enslave them and then takes them away. And this other nation installs a new king. And so that's what happens here. We have 
King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon coming and taking away Zedekiah's brother in slaves, in, or in chains, just the king, and installs Zedekiah as the king. And so we pick it up in 2 Chronicles 36, verse 11. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. He did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet, who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who made him swear by God. He stiffened his neck and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord, the God of Israel. All the officers of the priests and the people, likewise, were exceedingly unfaithful, following all the abominations of the nations. And they polluted the house of the Lord that he had made holy in Jerusalem. The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But his people kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets. Oh, until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people, until there was no remedy. Did you hear that last line? Until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people, until there was no remedy. Is there a scarier line in all of scripture? Maybe, I don't know. The wrath of the Lord was so angry that there was no longer any remedy, no more compassion. He was compassionate out at this point. It was time for judgment. What a terrifying thought. I want to pray for our scripture and our message today real fast. Lord, thank you for the chance to worship you in the outdoors. I know we say that a lot of these outdoor services, but Father, I wish every service would be an outdoor service. Um, being in your creation for me, Lord, is just an act of worship to look at what you made. Um, the trees, the animals, the wind, the sky, the clouds, the sun. You are great and mighty, Lord. We pray that this message would resonate with our hearts today because, Lord, I truly believe at the center of Christ's heart, of Jesus' heart, is humility and lowliness, which is the antithesis of pride and arrogance. So I pray that we hear that today, Lord, your hatred of this characteristic, and that we would seek to be more like your son because of this. In your name we pray, amen. 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 You know, in the sanctuary, we have these little microphones over you. I don't know if you knew that. We're recording you. I'm just kidding. And actually, we pipe it into my ears so I can hear you singing in the sanctuary. Isn't that cool? So like out here, I don't have that. So you got to be like really loud. Amen. That was very good. That was very, very good. All right. Verse 12 said, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. This phrase is common throughout Kings and Chronicles describing evil kings who persisted in rebelling against the Lord God. These kings had such incredible pride, a swelling of their own ego and self-value, that they rejected the ways and commands of God the Almighty, creator of the universe. Their pride was a refusal to follow God's ways, which is a rejection of God himself. Last week, Phil talked about 
this, kind of this unforgivable sin, this sin that you, you can't come back from, right? And it's not these daily things that we struggle with that the Lord is sanctifying us of, but what is it? It is to have the full knowledge of God, who he is and what he has done, and reject it. And reject that sin. In fact, this is the only requirement to have all other sins forgiven, is to humble yourself and to accept him and to choose to follow his ways over your own ways. Right? I mean, that's what repenting is. Right? It's a military term, this idea of turning, a 180 degree turn from the way you were headed to a new way of doing things, right? And so pride is to turn to this new way and to say, I think I know better. I, th- I think this way that I was doing things is better than what you have in mind for me to do. It is an incredibly detrimental characteristic. Have you ever known anybody in your life, maybe currently or in your past, who was a proud and puffed up person, exhibits significant pride, a person who has never wrong? Uh, they often look down on others' ideas or beliefs. Or they believe they're the smartest person in the room. I like wherever Eric is. I like that analogy of the classroom, right? Maybe that's you. Maybe you feel that way and you don't even realize it. So um, before I mastered humility in the current uh, form that I am today, I used to be a very, that was a joke, that was a joke. I used to be a very proud college student. And I don't know if you're in college or if you once were in college or that age, but you kind of think that you know everything and kind of have life figured out, right? Amen, amen. I've learned everything in 20 years that there is to learn. So I worked at a summer camp as a counselor and uh, as my second year there, so right, we had to fill out these tax forms uh, to get paid, right, as you do. And, and a coll- as a college student, you're kind of learning a lot of these things for the first time. So my second year, and we're going through staff training again, and he, the guy gets up and talks about these forms and your two forms of ID that you need. And I came up to him afterwards, and I was like, you know, Russ, I did that last year. Like, you, should ha- you have that stuff on file, right? And he's like, yeah, but we just, it's helpful just to have everybody kind of turn it in anew at the same time every year. And I was like, but like, I don't have that with me. Is that really necessary? And he was like, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. So I didn't because I was proud and thought that I knew everything. And do you know what happened two weeks later? Everybody else got a paycheck. You know what I did not get? A paycheck, right? Because in my pride and arrogance, I tried to know more than the director of operations of the camp and do it my own way, and I faced a consequence for it. Zedekiah, in his tremendous pride, not only rejected the word of the prophet Jeremiah that we read about, and we'll read more in just a second, he actually tortured him, right? Throwing him into a muddy well where Jeremiah sank and almost died. (laughs) Jeremiah said it directly to the king, and Jeremiah 38, verse 14. (laughs) And Jeremiah said, Nope, I think I had the wrong... There it is right there. I'm going to read from here. Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, If you will surrender to the officials of the king of Babylon, then your life shall be spared. And this city shall not be burned with fire, and you, your house, shall live. But if you do not surrender 
to the officials of the king of Babylon, then this city shall be given into the hand of the Chaldeans, and they shall burn it with fire, and you shall not escape from their hand. This is the third time, by the way, that Jeremiah has come to Zedekiah, lots of ayahs in here, and tried to tell him this. So even in his final attempt, the Lord is gracious and merciful and is trying to get across through his servant what he wants to say. But Zedekiah did not listen. And so we face one of the most tragic moments in Scripture. Other than the death of our Savior, we face the moment where God's chosen people, who he raised up through Abraham and through Isaac and through Jacob to be a light to the nations. <laughs> Do you know why the promised land was where it was? If you look at a map, a fictitious screen behind me, you see kind of Africa down here and Europe and kind of Western Asia. And the promised land is right here along the Mediterranean Sea. I mean, it is a bridge and a gap between these three. It was the center of the ancient world. God wanted his people to be his light so that everybody who used that land to pass through for trade routes or for travel would have to pass through and visit and see the temples of Yahweh and see his people doing his ways. But his people rejected that. And they looked like the rest of the nations, doing abominable acts, as we've talked about before. Child sacrifice. Incredibly obtuse sexual acts in the name of these other gods that they chose to serve instead of Yahweh. So because Zedekiah did not listen yet again, that's exactly what happened. In roughly 586 BC, Jerusalem and Judah was destroyed. And God's people were brought into exile. Second Chronicles 36, starting in verse 17. Therefore he brought up against them the king of the Chaldeans who killed their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary and had no compassion on young man or virgin, old man or age. He gave them all into the king's hand. And all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king and of his princes, all these... All these he brought to Babylon, and they burned the house of God, and broke down the wall of Jerusalem, and burned all its palaces with fire, and destroyed all its precious vessels. I mean, that might be one of the top five saddest verses in all of Scripture. The house of God completely decimated because of the people's pride and rebellion. He took into exile in Babylon those who had escaped from the sword. They became servants to him and to his sons until the establishment of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed its Sabbaths. All the days it lay desolate, it kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. That was one of the many commands that the Israelites broke was not keeping the Sabbath. The land that God designed to run a certain way was not getting its rest. And that is how long the exile lasted, 70 years, in accordance with how many Sabbaths they ignored, how many yearly and annual Sabbaths. This decimation of Jerusalem and of Judea was a direct result in the pride of the kings, the leads and officials, and the people 
who did not humble their hearts and turn away from the living God. We chose that song, Promises, very intentionally for this sermon and the service. Right, The words of that song and what we often think about with God's faithfulness and His promises are the beneficial promises to us in our lives, right? God promises to give us a hope and a future. He promises that through His Son's death and resurrection, if you believe, you will be made right with Him. He promises to come back someday at the end of the age to make sad things untrue and to make sin no more. But God has other promises in Scripture that He is faithful to. And what we see here is His promise to be faithful to His judgments. If my people who will humble themselves and turn from their ways back to me, I will heal their land. They did not do this, and so God brought what he promised. God's wrath and judgment are very real and will come to pass on those who do not accept him and follow in his ways. This is maybe the most like hellfire brimstone sermon I've ever preached. I'm feeling it. Are you feeling it? I mean, I mean this is serious stuff, isn't it? God is not all one characteristic, and we boil him down to that. God is not all love, but that's how a lot of people treat him. God is not all grace, but that's how we treat him. God is love, and he is grace, and he is merciful, and he is compassionate, but he is just. And Evan said it a few weeks ago, I'll repeat it again, that is good news for us, that justice will be served, and he has made a way for us to be right with him his ways are higher and better than your ways, than my ways. Isaiah 55, 7-9, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts, this is God speaking, are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. 1 Corinthians 1.25 For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Then in verse 27, But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human may boast in the presence of God. And because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. Pride is such a detrimental thing. <laughs> Here in a couple of weeks, we actually uh, have a missionary coming to speak to us. His name's Henry Matarita. He came last year, and he's a missionary we've supported in the past. And he's a great, great evangelist and a great man of God. And he said something last time he was here that has stuck with me. If you have professed faith in the Lord, and then you persist in your own pride... 
choosing your ways of sin over God's ways, which are good and perfect. It is like turning towards the cross and saying to Jesus, I regret you. I regret the choice I made to follow you and your ways. I want to choose my own ways. Can you imagine that, saying that face to face to your Savior? That is what pride is and pride does in our hearts and that is why God hates it so grossly. Because He wants us to choose His ways because His ways lead to life. His ways lead to fulfillment of our souls and satisfaction as we are designed to be in relationship with Him. So instead of this pride, kind of in conclusion here, and then we're going to have some discussion time, which we had last time, which I really liked. Instead of this pride, what do we turn to? Humility. Let us turn to the cross and learn from and follow the way of Jesus, who perfectly embodied quality of humility. The opposite of Zedekiah's and Israel's pride. And What is humility? We look to Philippians 2. I read this passage a lot. I'll tell you what, man. That's because it's applicable to a lot of situations. That's the title of this passage in, first, or in Philippians 2. is Christ's example of humility. Verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Amen. That is a good passage and a good word. We are called to follow the ways of Christ, not our own ways. We are called to look to His example, to what it is to be in relationship with God, to be lowly and gentle. That's what Jesus said about his yoke. My yoke is not heavy. My burden is light. For I am lowly and gentle of heart. We are called to be loving and patient. Not quick to be judgmental and correct every little sin we see in others. There is certainly a time and place to approach your brother and sister about sin. I don't mean to say that. What I do mean to say is that if your heart it's full of pride and puffs you up so much that you are better than others, that you are above others. And even looking at Scripture, right, to say, I'm above this, I'm above the law. My prayer is that you let the Spirit work on your heart. I do not regret Jesus. I do not want you to regret Jesus. Lean into Him and love Him and learn to be like Him 
in his lowliness and his humility. I hope that from this message that we, we see that we want to be people of humility and not pride. We want to be people that value the thoughts and feelings and needs of others over the thoughts and needs and, and feelings of ourselves, And that we value what God values and value his word and his ways. So I hope that they were good for you. Uh, I'm going to pray real fast and then um, i got one more thing I want to share and then just a couple of uh, quick logistics for our cookout. So let's pray together. Lord, I do thank you for this time. I thank you for um, your word, I, for the example of Zedekiah and Israel. That's a weird thing to be thankful for, Lord, because it really was one of the most tragic stories in Scripture where your people, the promised land you had brought them to, the temple you had them build, to honor and glorify your name, were destroyed. Lord, let us learn that lesson that your judgment is real, that you hate pride, and that you welcome and embrace a heart of humility as your Son exemplified on his journey to the cross for us, Lord. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to today's message. We hope you were encouraged, and we'd like to personally invite you to attend one of our services here at Cross Point Church. We meet every Sunday at 11,000 West Oklahoma Avenue in the great city of West Dallas. Our people are warm and welcoming, and we're all learning what it means to follow Jesus together. You can learn more about us at crosspointwestdallas.com, where you'll find more episodes of our podcast. You can watch past services on our YouTube channel, and we live stream every Sunday at 10 a.m. Until then, thank you for listening to Crosspoint Church.